1: 6.14 now on the day before Thanksgiving. The weather has changed. If you've been outside, if you just stick your nose outside, you may not realize it. If you step outside, then you'll feel the wind hit you, and you know that the front has indeed come through just in time for Thanksgiving. I would think some people are going to have—the burn ban has been lifted, by the way, uh, and I would we'll talk to Mike Strain about that in a little bit just to make sure on that and— um, some sun today, highs of 59, overnight lows, 44 north shore, 52 south shore, then highs of 56, and that's only going to be in the afternoon, so you'll be able to have a fireplace going during the day. Again, we'll talk about some safety with Mike Strain when we come back after we talk to our next guest. Black Friday, highs of 59, Then Sunday, a little bit of sunshine for the Bayou Classic, highs of 66, 30% chance for rain, highs of 68 as the Saints take on the Dirty Birds in Atlanta. Aaron Dusso joins us now, our friend, associate professor, and chair of the Department of Political Science at Indiana University, Purdue University, Indianapolis. How you doing, Aaron?
2: Good, good. Thanks for having me.
1: The president, the new president of my alma mater is from your school, and she said that you guys are changing the name of it or something?
2: Yes, yes. You won't have that super long name as of next year. It'll just be uh, IU Indianapolis.
1: Well, we're glad to have the new president of my alma mater, UNO. Tell me um, about... Independence, and a lot of voters saying they're independent, but how many actually are? And I wondered as I voted Saturday, and I don't know what the official turnout was. I'll have to look it up. I I meant to check that, and I forgot. But um, it it seemed as though, uh, I I don't know for a fact, but I I would guess people voted, even though they say they're independent, they vote um, R or D. Is that accurate, or is there any way to determine that?
2: Right. Actually, this is a a great question because it's really a methodological question about surveys. Uh, So back in 1992, there was a book that came out uh, called The Myth of the Independent Voter. Mm -hmm. And what they showed was that on surveys, you know, the first question that they'll ask is pretty simple. They'll say, do you consider yourself a Republican, a Democrat or an independent or what? And you'll get 40 percent or so people will say independent. Now we could just leave it at that, but the problem is is that those people aren't really all independents. Actually, most of them are probably hidden partisans. And so what you gotta do on a survey is you gotta follow up and ask independents, well, do you consider yourself the closer to the Republicans or Democrats? And then most of those independents will be able to answer. They'll say, Yeah, I'm kind of more leaning towards Republican or I lean more towards the Democrats. And the key is, is that when you compare the behavior of those, you know, people who originally said they're independent and now lean to Republican with the behavior of people who originally just said, I'm a Republican or Democrat, they behave the same. And so they're seemingly just as partisan – these hidden you know, uh, partisans are just as partisan as the people who can just say, yep, I am a Democrat or a Republican. So in reality, there's probably only about 10 to 15% of the populace that would be really considered to, as independents, meaning we really can't predict how they would vote one way or the other.
1: When you say behavior, you mean voting behavior? Yes, yes, okay. yeah, yep. Um, is, could you make a case to say, well – the R or the D doesn't matter. It's all about conservative or liberal, and this candidate, for the most part, reflects my conservative views, and, and then extrapolate from that, bear with me on my uh, speculative journey here, Aaron, <laughs> that um, the country's a lot more conservative than people think it is.
2: Right. I mean, so ideology, we often measure that as something separate from partisanship. And what's happened over the last 50 years— Wait is hang on a second. Really let, me go, let me call a lo-
1: time out here, if I may. Yeah, Because sure. I get three. I'm allotted three times out, and I would like <laughs> okay, to use sure. one here. So how are we separating uh, the definition of ideology as opposed to partisanship? I understand that, but in practice, how does that look? And for people maybe that don't know the difference between ideology and partisanship, you can explain that. <laughs>
2: Right, yeah. So with ideology, typically we'll ask it a couple of ways. Is We might just simply ask, do you consider yourself in the left or right of the political spectrum? So ask people to place them you know, left or right. We consider that kind of a, a symbolic ideology. But there's another way of measuring, and that's to ask specifically about policies, such as, do you think we should increase or decrease spending on, on the military or on education? And then we can measure kind of our operational ideology that way. Mm-hmm. Which again, and, and that's actually performs differently when you have these these measures of people, they perform differently than if you just asked that first question about partisanship. And so someone might be Republican, but could also then have an operational ideology that's more liberal. And we actually see that in the United States quite a bit. but what we've seen over the last 50 years is that these ideology and partisanship are more aligned than they have been in the past. And that's, of course, been a con- uh, thing that contributes to why we kind of dislike each other a lot more than we did in the past.
1: Yeah, you know and I'd like to do, I'd like to open the Okunard Jeweler Talk and Text Line 504-260-1870. Tell me what you believe in, and I'm going to run it by Aaron, and maybe he can tell you what you are, really. And uh, we're not being judgmental here. I'm just saying by, identi- <laughs> by identity. For example— I would consider myself a conservative. However, when it comes to social issues, I'm extremely liberal. I don't care who does what to whom so long as you don't hurt me, or with whom, not to. Who does what with whom? As long as it doesn't cost me money, and as long—Hey,
0: Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time: baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming, "Baseball isn't boring!" From the mountaintops, or at least agreeing to come on our show—players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the Commissioner of Baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in. Baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. As long as it doesn't hurt me. I don't care if you're gay,
1: straight, trans. I don't care what race you are. I don't care about any of that so long as it doesn't cost me money. Because that's what – there's a whole list of reasons behind that. But that's got nothing to do with the government. I don't want the government – Dictating morals because a lot of these people have less morals than most of us do that are in the government, so I won't assign that to them. And then preachers could be a different story. But for example, I'm very fiscally conservative, socially very liberal, so long as, and I've even given the example before, Aaron, if somebody wants to drive their car into a tree, so long as it doesn't hurt anybody else's tree, and and, um, that. They don't leave anybody behind for me to take care of. This is American, however unfortunate it may be. If you want to do that, you can do it. That's your right. That's your decision. Um, What does that make me?
2: Typically, I mean, this is actually very common uh, uh, in the United States where we have this kind of combination of beliefs. And typically we kind of push towards more libertarian uh, way of thinking about things. Mm Libertarians tend to be also kind of small government uh, kind of argument, or government doesn't, you know, maybe do anything. Um, But what happens is a lot of people are thinking, well, we need government to do something. I mean, we need those roads pays, we need, uh, you know, our water treatment plants and that kind of stuff. Uh, So, but yeah, drawing that distinction between, say, social concerns and uh, kind of fiscal concerns with the economy and stuff like that is pretty common.
1: I'll be darned. Like, what percentage? Well, let me take a break. We'll pick it up here. We come back. Because, you know, I, uh, well, another thing I, I kind of ran about is that just because somebody does somebody texted and said, I believe I'm right and everybody else is wrong, what does that make me? I think that makes them American is what I think that makes them. But along those lines, you know, just because, and that person was joking, but just because you disagree with somebody, that doesn't mean that their voice shouldn't be heard in the America that we all live in if you believe in the Constitution. 621, traffic now, WWL. Six twenty-seven. Tommy Tucker, WWL, back with Aaron Duso, associate professor, chair of the department of political science at Indiana University, Purdue University, Indianapolis. You're sorry to lose Kathy Johnson, were you, Aaron? Right. Yes. Yes. She. Uh, she did uh, a lot to hold the uh, university together. Well, we we hope she does the same for my alma mater, UNO. So, what what a numbers show. Uh, about registered republicans registered republic uh, De- democrats registered independents in this country what is this country comprised of
2: well, you know, there's uh, all states don't require that when you register to vote that you indicate uh, a partisanship. So so it's tough to say, you know, that just from registration what the country is comprised of. But by and large, it would, you know, when it comes to partisanship, we're probably at about even when it comes to, you know, actual Republicans and actual Democrats, at least people who are willing to claim that label for themselves. And then we've got, you know, we're sitting at probably 35 to 40% of people who say they're independent. Now, again, as I was saying before, is that most of them are. Are kind of hidden partisans, but, you know, what I'm actually going to hold that flag up or probably, you know, only about 60, 65 percent of people are really willing to claim one part or the other.
1: So when I talk about voter turnout and how low that is around the country and here in Louisiana, if you can't get people to get up and vote, uh, go out and vote, then it's going to be extremely hard for them to get involved in the political process Way before the election in terms of uh, discerning candidates, becoming a candidate, campaigning, being an activist. So it is the activists, the hard right, the hard left that dictate whom we have to vote for in this country, correct?
2: Yeah, you're 100 percent right. You know, when the primary process, and this is uh, research that goes back decades, has clearly shown that uh, primaries and all the activity that goes along with those campaigns are done by people who are more to the left and more to the right than the average uh, American is. So, you know, this is a challenge for a lot of candidates is that they have to appeal in a primary to a more extreme uh, base to get their vote. But then they have to somehow move uh, to the center in a general election. And that can that can cause a problem for a lot of candidates.
1: So until people are willing to not only be motivated to get up and vote and not have a 30 percent turnout or, uh, of registered voters or 18 percent turnout, which is not uncommon of registered voters in a runoff, until people are willing to vote, we are eons away from anything changing Uh, along the lines of different candidates for whom to vote because they would have to be willing to get off their rear ends and get involved in the process even long before that. Accurate?
2: 100% accurate. If we had people show up to vote at 90% rate, it would change everything.
1: (laughs) Thank you, Aaron. I appreciate your time. Happy Thanksgiving. Your loss is our gain with Kathy. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Thank you. You bet. Aaron Dusso, Associate Professor, Chair of the Department of Political Science at Indiana University, Purdue University, Indianapolis. I'm talking about the new president of UNO, Kathy Johnson, who came from Aaron School. We'll take a break, come back, talk to Mike Strain about all things thanks all things Thanksgiving, six thirty. Tommy Tucker back in a flash, W W L.